0: did you want to do the ranking of dc stuff you want to go to the news and then come back i think probably ranking of the dc stuff probably
1: yeah let's do it i i watched a couple of the dc movies i've been like
0: revising my list i'm ready to go with this shit all right let me pull up your list before i start okay so it's Night and Day Nick, right?
1: Yep. com slash Night and yep. Day Nick. Uh, 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 follow me on there.
0: All right. Uh, Radio Patrice says, boy, here we go. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> boy, here we go. Oh, boy. So your list is Rip the DCEU. So uh, I'm No, gonna... it, it is RIP the DCPU. DCPU. Yeah, All because, right.
1: Because uh, for, you know... Um, I've been very vocal about my disdain for this whole universe. It is like uh, out of this entire universe. I felt so much like there was so much potential. It's like it's so much potential in bringing a bat uh of finally a live action version of the Justice League, seeing Batman and Superman get to interact on screen together. And now you're bringing in Wonder Woman, you're bringing in the Flash, Cyborg, Green Lantern potentially and the absolute just numbing rage I felt walking out of the theater in April of 2016
0: after having seen Batman v Superman. Mm. So I'm gonna. I got your list right here. Let me share mm. it with people. So it, explain your list a little bit. You want to go from bottom down? Or you want to go from <laughs> top down? Here you go. Okay, so so I'll start from the bottom
1: right here. So the bottom on my list, the absolute worst movie on this on this entire DCEU and one of the worst comic book movies I've seen in my entire life is David Ayer's Suicide Squad. It's a movie that is a complete incomprehensible mess. It is a movie that has some of the most baffling performances I've seen in my entire life. And when you get to the behind the scenes of you know how this movie came about, where the studio really liked uh, the reaction that, the trailers did so they just hired the trailer house to to edit the movie which clearly a big mistake because a feature film and a trailer have two very different purposes and it felt like a just a amalgamation of a studio trying to recreate stuff they saw much better done in other movies the one good thing i can say about this is it gave us margot Robbie as harley quinn mm. And that's the only thing I can say good about this. It also also,
0: also Viola Davis. Yeah, Viola Davis. You didn't like uh, Will Smith, shot. Uh,
1: the whole thing with the Suicide Squad is these are supposed to be awful, awful people. And Will Smith is just playing likable Will Smith again. Even in the scene where he is like assassinating people and you know killing people they're trying to turn states evidence for the mob it's like set to this like funky kind of hip-hop music and he's like supposed to be charming throughout it it's like do you know what kind of movie you're trying to make and the characters you're trying to set up and i feel like will smith is kind of in that same category of Dwayne johnson where he is so a such a slave to his kind of like nice guy image that he refuses to do anything like even a little bit Take a
0: role that could even slightly tarnish that reputation. Yeah, does have your girl on it from the boy. She playing Katana. Uh, Katana. She has the souls kills. And yeah, traps souls this is and Katana.
1: She's got my back. I would advise not getting killed by her. Her sword. Her sword traps the souls of its victims, which. Uh, <laughs> Karen Fukuhara, I love you. You have so much talent, especially in, you know, I just saw the boy in the Heron. I love the boys, all of her stuff. And as far as voice acting, she is unbelievably charming. And I want so bad for Hollywood to just let her speak in a movie. Yeah,
0: she's cursed, man. <sighs> oh, damn, man. Um. So what else you got? on your list here let me pull it up okay all right so next up on my list is uh the most
1: recent and the final nail in the coffin it is aquaman in the lost kingdom uh it this movie it has a lot of the same problems as this as suicide squad has in that it is just such a victim of never-ending reshoots of, of, of a director that it feels like he didn't even want to come back to this world uh an at- lead actor in jason momo who I like as the character, I feel like he just hasn't had a great movie where he has gotten to show that. And it's just such a letdown. It's like the character arts don't make any sense. Uh, The only thing that I thought worked about this was all the scenes between Jason Momoa and Patrick Wilson. Which, okay, that's cool. But the turn that uh, Orm has in this, it it made no sense considering the character that we left at
0: the end of the first Aquaman. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just don't think Jason Momoa his charisma charisma could save this movie. I mm-hmm. think it was just seemed like it was kind of a mess all around. It 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 took all the
1: problems I had with the first Aquaman because the, my problems with that. Okay, I'll get to my problems with that first movie, but the main thing is it's trying to do too much into one film, and and when you're trying to juggle this many balls, you don't get to focus on anything.
0: Mm. Yeah. Um, the only thing I kind of liked about Aquaman too, was his relationship with Patrick was. I think the duo kind of, like, that was kind of the buddy cop kind of element. That was about it. Um, and right in said with the su- Suicide Squad movie, said this is, uh, <laughs> movie has a scene where Batman attacks a parent in front of their kid in an alley. Yeah, this shot, yeah.
1: Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> which, again, because, you know, we'll get to it with Batman v Superman, but you've established that Batman is a cold-blooded murderer in this universe. Why is the Suicide Squad even a thing? Why are there any criminals that are even alive? Mm, Um, next movie. Okay, so next movie on the list is Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, Much like with uh, with me, I understood what Pat, what Patty Jenkins was going for. They were trying to do uh, establish more of uh, Gal Gadot's uh, arc inside this world, introduce like an arc of you know temptation, but all of it just feels flat and feels like it was a movie that didn't know what it wanted to be and let's and that's completely ignoring all the problematic shit that goes on with this movie and a huge thing about the first wonder woman was that you know the whole thing with wonder woman is that she doesn't need a man and her entire arc in this is i miss my
0: boyfriend she's horny I Miss a
1: boyfriend. Man. i need some dick
0: yeah also this does the sin of any like prequel where it kind of contradicts the Mm. information that we already know. Cause I think in wonder woman, when she first shows up in. Yeah. It's like,
1: yeah, it's like it's established that she's kind of been a recluse. She's been in hiding uh, since the end of the first wonder woman.
0: Yeah. But there's like,
1: they tried to play that up as like, she's like, you know, knocking out security cameras, but she stops in the middle of a public place in this. Yeah. And the whole thing with bringing Steve Trevor back, it, they, it way overcomplicates it, and it adds so much of a grosser element to this. It like, it's like she gets the Wishing Stone and her wish is to have Steve Trevor back. Okay, there's some interesting stuff you could do with that. But Steve's Trevor's spirit just possesses the body of this poor dude, and they turn Wonder Woman into essentially a rapist in this.
0: Uh, and Matrice says she also robs that guy and eats his food and takes his clothes on top of. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking
0: about. Oh. And
1: also, like a thing where you're trying to, you know, you're trying to do that thing of this oddly specific trope that comes from comic book movies. Like, you give us a character that is like over- overly just uncoordinated, un- it's uh, like very just awkward with Kristen wig as uh as cheetah and when she is finally like getting the powers and she kind of takes vengeance on her like would-be rapist they're trying to play it up as like oh my god this is so awful it's like motherfucking you're the one who stopped him earlier and just left him to rape again <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: and then she also gets like two wishes like she wishes <clears throat> to be you know kind of powerful and then i want to be yeah, apex yeah, predator yeah it's, it's like the
1: mechanics of the wishing stone in this movie don't really make sense and it's like even in our review i was trying to like wrap my head around it and the more i think about it, yeah this completely falls apart the one good thing i can say about this is pedro pascal as uh maxwell lord he feels like he knows exactly what kind of movie he is in and he is chewing up that scenery all right what you got next Okay, next up is a a movie that ended up on my worst of list. It's The Flash. I've already talked about this movie ad nauseum. It feels like it's for as long as we have waited for this movie, because this was in development back when The Flash premiered on the CW. And this has gone through so many iterations, so many different directors, so many reshoots, rewrites. It just becomes a Frankenstein's monster of a movie. And and it completely falls flat as far as like giving us a compelling character arc for Barry Allen. it just completely undermines what it was going for, because the whole point of the flash point is Barry Allen realizes the folly of time travel and realizes all the damage that he can done. And he vows to not do it again. And what does he do exactly that at the end? <laughs> <laughs> says, fuck all
0: that. Yeah. Um, this is also one of the biggest flops of 2023. Good. Um, you know, it's good. Um, uh, incredibly high budget. Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: 300 million dollars in
0: bombed, which good. Uh, what else? You e-
1: even, even oh. the nostalgia bait. And it's like, we talk about like so many comic book movies, so many blockbusters purely relying on nostalgia. This is the most egregious offender. It was like just (laughs) dragging out the corpses of actors like George Reeve and Christopher Reeve, Helen Slater, people like Nicolas Cage, Adam West, not even having the goddamn decency to get a stand-in to map CGI, using fucking AI to fucking recreate them. Fuck this
0: movie. Uh, Sound like this should be last, man.
1: There is a reason that this is not last. And the one reason is because of Michael Keaton returning as Batman. Mm. He, he is the one thing i genuinely liked about this movie
0: didn't you and like the uh, sasha kai too
1: i liked her performance in this it just felt like she had not she was given nothing and mm. her entire character in this is just a plot device
0: mm. all right what you got next
1: all right next up is uh one of the final, like, nail in the coffins of the DCEU is, like, two weeks after this movie came out in they announced that James Gunn took over the studio and <laughs> is rebooting. And that's Black Adam. It was, like, you know, The Rock's, uh, you know, ego project in the DC universe. His, like, power play to, you know, uh, the hierarchy of the DC universe will change forever. And he was kind of right.
0: Wow. Well. It's not the way he hoped.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was a monkey spa wish as as monkey spa gets. Uh, It's like the whole like charm of a character like Black Adam is he is he is a villain character. He is supposed to exist more on that moral gray area of the DC universe. He's supposed to be like this foil for Shazam. And the entire thing is like The Rock is just playing it as The Rock, except he doesn't smile. It's like yeah. the villains in this; they are the most forgettable villains in a sea of forgettable villains in the DC universe. Mm. Yeah, the, there are cool elements. Like I liked uh, the introduction of the JSA. I liked uh, Aldous Hodge and uh, Pierce Brosnan as Doctor Fate.
0: Mm. Yeah, I did like that as well. Um, you also see Adam as well as in this. Uh, mm. the- yeah, Ooh. Adam Smasher, who I thought I thought was.
1: Uh, Was good casting with Noah Centineo, who uh, you know we saw in uh, the two all the boys movies, who I think is a charming actor. He just doesn't get anything to do.
0: Mm. Um, so why did you put this above the Flash? Uh, Because I put this above the Flash
1: because it's not as egregiously offensive as the Flash is to me. It was like as bad a movie as I think this is. I feel like. You know, one, it's consistent. It kind of stands on its own. It's not dragging out, uh, uh, you know, people out of their graves. It's not entirely relying on me aggressively remembering movies that were way better than it. And, you know, even for as flawed as the movie is, it's like if this came out in like 2005, I probably would have really dug it.
0: Yeah, the best superhero movie of 2005. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this kind of exists on the same level of as Venom for me hmm and yeah i mean you know i was trying to follow that trend of a lot of these villain movies that get the villains get their own solo movie like mm-hmm. venom joker uh those were wildly successful this mm-hmm. uh i don't Black <laughs> Adam is not on the level of
1: oh this oh if the dceu was kind of like on crutches before this is the one that put it down for good so what's your number 11 Okay, number 11, and uh, I'm kind of cheating a little bit here, but it is the uh, 2017 theatrical cut of Justice League. And so much of the problems of this universe is that, you know, so many of the movies are the victims of the studio overreacting to the critical backlash of previous films, uh, them wanting to go a little lighter. And of course, you know, the departure of Zack Snyder from the the theatrical version because of... uh, the suicide of his daughter autumn which uh you know condolences but and and even as flawed as this movie is you know for just a pure spectacle cut it on in the background it's fine but it is you know when you get down deeper into it it is an incomprehensible mess you get characters like a uh, like Aquaman, like uh, the Flash, Cyborg, who are barely characters in this movie. It's focusing mostly on Wonder Woman. Uh, the entire arc with, uh, you know, the whole uh, Whedonism things because the theatrical cut was directed and reshot to hell by Joss Whedon. It felt like it. it is a case where you can literally point out where it's one director's version of it and another's which I feel like is egregious, but the only reason this isn't lower on my list is because I feel like the other movies I have below it are way worse and way bigger
0: offenders. Yeah. Yeah, Um, I thought with Justice League, this is the Joss Whedon Justice League mm-hmm. Um, that he directed. That he came in after Zack Snyder to come, and then he added in all his Whedonisms, all the mm-hmm. fucking lame-ass jokes and humor, and They they tried to make him punch it up. It's like, hey, you know the thing you did for Avengers? Yeah, do that, do that, for that us. here. You which, do which, on paper, should work. Mm. Especially because, like, a
1: whole charm of Justice League, Justice League comics is that, you know, Batman is kind of like the sourpuss straight man uh, of this whole team. And everybody else is kind of, like, very bright, very colorful.
0: Mm. Yeah. Um, but there's some things I like. I mean, I still like Ben athletics Batman. I think mm. he's good. Um, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman like, is good. It's, like, one of the few times I've liked Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman.
1: Mm. And uh, it's it and it's the first time in this universe that Henry Cavill as Superman felt like Superman. It was uh, like he was like more of that kind of like paragon of truth, justice, the American way, and all that. And it was like the opening of the movie. It it is him, you know, talking to a bunch of kids about like him being Superman, which I do not picture the Snyder version of the character ever doing. Yeah, but that's
0: when he had that weird CGI. Thing. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Uh ratings from said, I think can you might have worked better for a Justice Society movie. Maybe because those characters possibly whole, you know, kind of older, you know, school. But then in here it's kind of presented that, you know, it's a lot of kind of like well, the team, it seems like they have different iterations of the team. So maybe mm-hmm. if you did one more from the fifties or the sixties, you know, that would have kind of maybe worked there. Mm-hmm. Uh but it's just funny that in this Black Adam movie it introduces all these heroes that we've <laughs> had, that we've never known about uh in this whole universe. <laughs> yeah,
1: and uh, you know, and we'll get to it with the entry later.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, so we'll your, get
1: more into that. What's your number 10? So number 10, it is Batman v Superman.
0: Now it, did you see the ultimate cut or is this the regular uh, theater? Okay, I,
1: I'm putting I'm all right. The the reason I was so down on this universe from jump was uh uh seeing the theatrical cut, and I'm putting the I'm kind of putting both versions on this uh on the same entry of the list. It's because while <clears throat> conceptually Zack Snyder was the wrong person to try and create a cinematic universe because I feel like so much of his sensibilities do not fit the character of Superman. It's like even when you're getting a character that is more closely aligned with him with a character like Batman he like takes it to such an extreme. It was like, okay, Batman is now a cold blooded murderer in my universe. And I'm trying to build something around him and uh, Henry Cavill, Superman Cavill. He feels like he feels like it, it is. He is a product of a, a director that fundamentally misunderstands. Superman it is like, it, it's like altruism is stupid to Zack Snyder, which it's the wrong person to take on this kind of universe. And even for you know as flawed as the the theatrical cut of is like you know entire scenes are cut out it's like character arcs that you know plot holes are just about a plenty is like this entire opening set piece in africa where it's like Lo- superman rescues lois from this african dictator it's like they're trying to put superman on trial it's like he didn't kill those people it's like it's ridiculous and those the, the Ultimate Edition, it fills in a lot of plot holes, but this movie is still a fucking mess.
0: Mm. Yeah, and uh, this is the first introduction we have of Batman, Ben Affleck, mm. and then also Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman. The uh,
1: one thing that I think is awesome is every scene where it's where it's a Ben Affleck's Batman interacting with Jeremy Irons' Alfred. That feels like it is made out of a completely different film. It feels like these are two actors that understand the dynamic between them, and it feels like a older Batman who's kind of like disillusioned with his uh, war on crime. And mm. all that stuff really works until you get to the action set pieces where Batman is murdering people with guns, which are like the two things that Batman is not allowed to do.
0: Yeah. That's one of the things I did love. I did love not him shooting a bunch, not him mm. being a murder man. But uh <laughs> I did love the whole Jeremy Irons. I think he's a great Alfred. Hmm. I think their back and forth is really good. Like Alfred, he's got the snarkiness of Alfred and you know how he kind of takes shots at him. Even you know. you've
1: gotten too old to die young, Master Wayne.
0: Yeah. Not or like for that,
1: lack of trying.
0: Yeah, you know, and that scene, like, because I was watching it again and I, I watched the Ultimate Edition. So I watched <laughs> the, the three hour plus version of it. And I like the scene where uh, I think there's also in the theatrical version, too, but mm-hmm. the scene where he kind of comes in and, you know, Bruce Wayne, he's got a woman in his bed, he's drinking, he's like, and I hope that the <laughs> other future generations of Waynes will have a wine cellar to inherit, you know, if there what is no be, uh, <laughs> be, which oh, a lot of the best dialogue, it's pulled straight from the Dark Knight Returns. Hmm. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Then. And it feels
1: like it feels like it feels like Zack Snyder has only read two comic books in history, and that's Watchmen and The Dark Knight Returns.
0: Uh, what's your number nine movie?
1: Uh, I'm sorry, I just have to address this comment from Rated M for immaturity. So people, yeah, it's oh. like he's saying, uh, you know, people do forget Michael Keaton's Batman was a mass murderer too, especially in the second one, and yeah. and at the time, like even Adam West killed people. But yeah. at the time, it's like pe- the comic books weren't as much in the zeitgeist. Uh, it's like you weren't; they those movies weren't trying to build a universe of you know superheroes around the character. And, and so much of them is you know even down to the core conflict of Batman v Superman is like, okay, Batman wants to kill Superman because he murdered hundreds of people. Yeah. And, it's good. And Watch Superman wants to beat up Batman because he also kills people. Where's the conflict? It's like, both I mean, of you are fucking murderers.
0: This is my favorite Batman with <laughs> somebody moment right here. Oh,
1: he's a psychopath in this movie.
0: But look at the smile on his face right here. <laughs> hey, look at that. Fuck Oh fuck man. Fucking crazy. Look at that. <laughs> okay. The caveat is...
1: You know this was after the 89 batman and the studio wanted tim burton to come back so badly they gave him carte blanche to make whatever kind of movie he wanted damn the comic books damn the canon
0: um so what's your uh number nine movie today, man
1: okay uh number nine it, it's a movie i'm a i've i initially liked more when i first saw it and that's shazam fury of the gods uh I liked, uh, you know, the reintroduction of Shazam and uh, his family. I liked the dynamic between all those characters. But the big flaw of this is that, uh, you know, one, the villains are are very forgettable, even though I feel like Helen Mirren and Lucy Liu are giving more to a very thin script uh, than any other project would deserve. Uh, I feel like Zachary Levi, he doesn't feel like he is it doesn't feel like he was having even a conversation with Astro Angel about how they wanted to play Billy Batson in this movie, because Angel is playing this like it is more of a coming of age story about him, you know, realizing the kind of like trials and tribulation of growing up because his character is aging out of the foster system and that fear of losing this newfound family that he has. And so much of the emotional stuff works in this movie, especially towards the third act with uh, Marta Milan's as uh Billy's adopted mother and they're seen together. I was in tears at that moment. But it's immediately undercut with this fucking expression that Zachary Levi has.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's kind of yeah, my kind of one of my biggest problems is that it feels like they're on two separate pages. Like Zachary Levi as Shazam feels like he's playing the character like 5 years younger than mm-hmm. what Astra Angel is doing. It's like you know this dude is almost 18, right? Yeah. So and then, it then it doesn't work because like there's the other girl who's the foster girl that's like she's an adult but she hmm. stays her regular form. But then if this kid is like, I mean, in, I I mean I'm not gonna complain about seeing
1: Grace Carey in that suit.
0: Yeah, she does look good. Um, and also you have you know uh, a Scott King in this. Uh, good. <laughs> you got you got her in this. Um, yeah,
1: she she is the I think the standout of of the because i feel like all of the adult actors playing the shazam family i feel like they do a good job of kind of mimicking the performances of their younger counterparts but she does it the best out of all of them
0: she does i think she is really she is really good at it um yeah and then the villains are kind of like you said helen mirren uh, uh lucy lou they're kind of forgettable type stuff they're, there. they're forgettable but they are good in the movie yeah. And th- this movie does have some I think good funny moments and the family stuff I like. All the family stuff I I do like, mm-hmm. especially the adoptive parents. Uh that's really good too. Um so yeah. Uh so what's your number uh 8 movie? Okay, number 8
1: is a movie that I I really I have a complicated relationship with my next movie and that's Man of Steel, the 2013 film directed by Zack Snyder because I feel like this movie
0: real, uh, real quick. Uh is that Vanessa? Is that she's yeah, she's, yeah. Oh uh, uh, okay. <laughs> we'll yeah,
1: Uh yeah, Islet Zurer plays a uh, uh Lara who plays a uh, Superman's mother in this. <clears throat> oh,
0: nice. Right.
1: Okay. And I feel like a big problem with this movie is because the first two acts of this are so damn good. It was like the first two acts are almost a near-perfect Superman movie for as flawed as it and forget all the you know, Paul Kent, supposedly supposed to be, you know, the man who made who made Clark Kent the man that he is, the guy who instilled this inherent goodness, this, uh, you know, optimism, this love for humanity. And Kevin Costner and Zack Snyder, and uh, to an extent David Goyer, just write Paul Kent as this nihilist, this very uh, Ayn Randian just, you know, uh, fuck other people. It was like it, this whole... Movie is nearly derailed by this conversation that young Clark and uh, his father have. It was like after he saved a people, a a bus full of children. It was like, what was I supposed to do? Let them drown? And Paul Kent is just like, "Mm, maybe, maybe. I (laughs) mean, and 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 so much of it is like you could fix that with one line. It was like, maybe, no, no, of course not.
0: This was the movie that started it all. This was the first movie in the DCEU man. Yeah, spiel. and
1: and it feels like it, it feels like this movie was meant to be something more standalone. This was supposed to be just kind of like a one and done, or let's, you know, do a bit more of a jumping off point. But with uh, you know, Superman basically 9-11ing his own city,
0: <laughs> just
1: zero regard for civilian casualties. uh uh-huh
0: um and Brandon from said uh Pa kent was in a weird place of getting uh, married (laughs) to uh, martha manhunter yeah Uh, oh i'll I'll get
1: to that in uh, in my next entry on this list but it's a movie that i think it is so strong for its first two acts but it completely fumbles the ball as far as like building in a character arc and you know this has some great superman moments i like i really like uh henry cavill as uh as clark i like the internal struggle that he's going through in this movie about you know i want to do right by humanity but i'm still trying to figure that out and the one time that we fucking see superman smile in this entire universe it is in that first
0: flight Mm. yeah it wasn't when he uh, kissed Lois and it came back to just mm. fucking rubble, like the whole destruction. <laughs> like there's no fucking city make left, bro. Making out with Lois in the middle of the apocalypse, like there's no fucking city left, bro. Like where are you, <laughs> you gonna know, take out for a date? Like what the fuck <laughs> you gonna go? Yeah,
1: don't even bother trying to bring other Superman characters. Like you know, you know, I'll take you to my favorite spot, Bimbo's. Oh, he's dead.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, number seven. Okay, number seven, and I'm kind of cheating a little bit also, but it is Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yeah, I spent a majority of my early years on this show shit talking the very idea of a Snyder cut. And when it finally came out, and you can look up the review on the channel, I actually really dug it. (laughs) Mm. It was like it, it felt like a more cohesive version and more uh, fully realized DC cinematic universe and more the actual epic nature of all of these heroes coming together. I felt like characters like uh, the flash and cyborg actually got to be real people. And the real standout of this was Ray Fisher as, as a, as cyborg Um, characters felt more true to who they were as set up in this universe, but all the same problems that I have with the uh, theatrical hit of justice league, they are still here.
0: You know, I just noticed something uh, mm-hmm. when I watched this movie. Like, he just let that car just kind of... Fl- he didn't, he didn't <laughs> take care of that car at all. Like, that car could have hit somebody, yeah. blew up. Like. Yeah, people... Yeah,
1: and that's a whole flaw of the DCEU. is like, these heroes do not give a single
0: solitary fuck about civilian casualties. Oh, man. Um, I've, I saw it just recently, so I've just seen... Mm-hmm. Next I had never seen it because I wasn't on the review when you guys did it, mm-hmm. so I was like, Oh well, fuck. I guess I don't need to see it then. Then you a review for it. Um, but I'll get into my thoughts on it uh, when I do uh, my ranking here. Um, but yeah. So you have this pretty high up. So you really dug this. This is a vast improvement over Joss Whedon's Justice
1: League. Yeah, it's an improvement over Joss Whedon's Justice League, and I feel like an improvement over both of Zack Snyder's previous te- previous uh uh batting attempts at this universe. Hmm. Still not a good movie, but, you know, um, for as low expectations as I had, I felt like it was fine. Okay. Uh, Six. Okay, number six is uh, James Wan's Aquaman. (laughs) You know, for as Uh stupid as this fucking movie is, and for as much of a muddled mess as it is, structure-wise, because... It is tackling so many different stories. It's tackling The Throne of Atlantis. It's tackling his origin story. It's tackling The Trench. It's tackling Black Manta. And if you've made a movie focusing on any one of those, you could have something really great and spectacular. But it is kind of a kind of an overstuffed mess, but it's still a fun movie. And that's the biggest compliment I can give to the first Aquaman. It's like even the action set pieces, all of them are very fun to watch, and it's all in that style that James Wan is only improved on in films like his uh his Fast and the Furious movie, and even in uh you know the third act of Malignant. Mm. But the big flaw of this is you're trying to set up this grand romance between Aquaman and Mira, and they have no chemistry. Yeah. I was like, and how how Amber Heard got to this prominent of a career as an actress, I will never know. Well, she's
0: oh, oh wait, she oh wait, she's
1: hot. Never mind.
0: Yeah. And for some reason, uh, she was British in the Zack Snyder Justice League. Like, we <laughs> just forgot about that, that I guess. A,
1: yeah, but it, also, this was working off of the theatrical cut, uh. where, you know, she didn't have the British accent, which, that's just a baffling decision. Wait, wait, really?
0: Yeah, I didn't, I was like, wait, she had a British accent at one point in this universe? Like, what the fuck happened to that? <laughs> um, okay, sure, let's, let's go with it. Um, now,
1: like, oh, oh, but visually I think this is a movie that this is probably one of the first movies in this universe that embraces the comic book nature of it mm. because so many I feel like uh, so many of these movies I feel like they're almost embarrassed to be associated with comic books mm. as far as like that light more pulpy tone mm. of them
0: yeah I will say that and and Jason Momoa I think you know he's Aquaman you know uh, good old my man um, he's <laughs> yeah he's my man yeah aqua bro uh <laughs> you know showing up uh there which i, I think he kind of works there i mean I, it wouldn't be my first choice for aquaman but hey i think he i think he kind of sells a little bit yeah, in his it really story.
1: works you also get patrick wilson as a ocean master who is awesome in this movie even if he 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 is playing it so straight that you can't help but be charmed by him and also it gave us uh, yahya abdul mateen as a black manta who uh, the big problem is, again, because the movie is so overstuffed, he kind of gets the short end of the stick, but you get a montage of him setting up his equipment to Depeche Mode, which was fun. Um. So what's your number five movie? Okay, my number five movie, and it was uh, one of the movies that gave me a little bit more hope for this universe, and that was Birds of Prey uh, and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Uh, it was the first R-rated movie in this universe, uh, the one... First intentionally released R-rated movie in this universe. It's Marley, Harley Harley, uh, kind of recovering after her breakup with the Joker. Getting to you know introduce more characters in this universe, like uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead who plays uh, the Huntress, uh, Journey Smollett who plays uh, uh, Black Canary. Uh, you know, because you know, she's also black, <laughs> 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 and also uh, um, Rosie Perez who plays Renee Montoya. I loved the chemistry of between all the lead actors in this movie. I liked uh, a lot of the action set pieces, and uh, the movie's second unit director was Chad Stahelski, so it kind of has that like level of choreography and uh, intensity as a movie like John Wick, and also. Probably my favorite villain performance in this is Ewan McGregor as Black Mask, who is not playing the character from the comic. He is playing it more like a very flamboyant Elton John as a crime lord, but it is so fun to watch.
0: Yeah. Yeah. um, I think, you know, this movie didn't do very well. Like a lot of these Mm -hmm. PC movies, I think if you just called it Harley Quinn and friends Mm -hmm. or something and said the birds of prey, super Mm -hmm. catalytic, fragiliscious fucking (laughs) emancipation. Proclamation of the you know, <laughs> Constitution, you know what I mean? Then I think it would have probably done better. Um, and I did like a lot of the cast of this, like Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I think she's good. At what they do with her of making her like she's so socially unadjusted yeah, she, she is. Yeah, she is awesome at killing
1: people. It's just everything else that comes with being a vigilante in this world, she kind of sucks at.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> like so, that, yeah. that whole scene of her like rehearsing her lines in the
0: mirror was funny to me. <laughs> that was that was i thought that was i thought that was pretty good there um yeah i, I thought it was decent i thought kathy uh yan i think is her name yeah
1: kathy Cat- ann is a director who i feel like is it kind of got the short end of the stick because i feel like this movie was kind of set up to fail because a the movie was barely marketed the trailers of this were awful and mm. off the trailers i was not looking forward to this movie at all uh at the end i feel like she is a very talented director as far as like uh directing your actors uh uh learning from a lot of the more experienced second unit people as far as like directing action set pieces and i dug the hell out of it especially uh with uh this is kind of like uh, the dc universe's answer to deadpool as far as like breaking the fourth wall as far as like playing around with its uh with its structure but it was always engaging off of that
0: Uh, I still never saw this based on the trailers, yeah. Um, And
1: yeah, it's a thing about a bad trailer can completely ruin a movie,
0: yeah. So that's your number four. I mean, that's your number five. What's your number four? All
1: right, number four, it's the one that you know kind of gave me a little bit of hope for the DC universe. It's like you know, Batman, Superman sucked Suicide Squad suck, but Wonder Woman kind of great.
0: Uh, color you finally got color, color in, it's like oh my god
1: what are these my eyes <laughs> it's like there's color in this uh in this world you get to see uh you know our first proper film with Gal dot as wonder woman getting to you know have a period piece get it set to set back in world war one which uh you know this movie i think kind of fairly got a lot of comparison to captain america the first avenger which you know, a lot of that is warranted, but it, it felt like it was still doing something on its own that had some charm to it. Uh, the highlight of this is the chemistry between Gal Gadot and Chris Pine as a as a Diana and Steve Trevor, getting to see the world of Themyscira, getting to you know enjoy that little bit of going back in time in uh, this universe. And I feel like the arc that Diana goes through in this movie it is very compelling stuff. The big weakness of this movie is its uh, its villains who are just cart overly cartoonish, where everything else in the movie kind of feels a little bit more grounded. Uh, and the third act that I think really just descends into a blotchy CGI mess and and kind of undercuts a lot of what Diana's arc was in this movie because the the whole idea is like her, her learning that you know, it's like it, it, Ares has nothing to do with this, the, with this war and killing him. Isn't going to solve everything. And it, it's like learning that, you know, humans are flawed, absolute monsters of people, but because we are so, cause there is so much potential for kindness and warmth that we deserve to, we deserve a chance to live. But then the movie undercuts that by the second after she
0: kills Ares, everything is all hunky dory again. Yeah. Um, and Radio from truth actually re- researched the real learning off uh historical figure. And he was even more ridiculous in real life. That's the Danny <laughs> Houston. Uh, yeah. guy There that he plays. Uh, um, which if,
1: if I had a nickel for every time Danny Houston played a, just ridiculously over the top villain in a comic book movie, I'd have two nickels.
0: Yeah. Um, and this is the fourth movie in the DC. Mm-hmm. after man of steel. Donna, justice the uh, Batman movie, Superman, Donna, Justin, Suicide Squad. This was Wonder Woman. Yeah. This is um, the, f-
1: this was the fourth movie in the franchise and the only one that actually had a certified fresh on rotten tomatoes.
0: <laughs> um, coming to the close of your list, man. Number three.
1: Ooh, okay. Uh, number three is a more recent entry on this list. And, uh, you know, there wasn't room for it on my honorable mentions last year, but it's blue beetle. Uh, a movie that I felt like it's a very fun standalone, but there's enough in this that it kind of connects to the DC Extended Universe. I loved uh, Sholomar duane's performance as uh, Jaime Reyes. I loved his family dynamic, even his uh, chemistry with uh, Jenny Cord, who's played, uh, I think, wonderfully by uh, Bruna Marquezine in, in this. I thought all of it worked really well. Where this movie kind of falls short is, like, there's nothing in this that isn't done better in other comic book movies, but it is still so charming in its own right.
0: Mm. Much like Shazam, mm-hmm. um, what's good about this movie is the family, is mm-hmm. the family aspect of bring that together. And even though this movie, like people say, like seeing it, it's like now we're in twenty twenty. At this time, this movie came out twenty twenty three. It's like all these elements that you're doing. It's like man, seeing a lot of this before. Seeing a lot of elements mm. of things like Iron Man or Spider Man. Mm-hmm. And I was happy Blue Beetle, who's a D-list, C-list character in the DC, yeah. in his own movie. Yeah, it's like
1: my only exposure to Blue Beetle really was, uh, you know, the Young Justice series and uh, and uh, Injustice 2, the video game. Yeah. So, I was so like, he, he was a character I didn't know a lot about. And it was cool to, you know, see a little bit more of him, you know, widely known, especially with an actor like uh, Sholomar Arduanya, who I love off of Cobra Kai and getting him to see... Getting a little bit more asked of him, getting uh, you know to be a little lead in a big blockbuster movie, and he carries this well.
0: Yeah. Um. This also wasn't one I didn't do too well. Um. I thought it was better than Aquaman and Flash, and uh, yeah,
1: it's it's the best Adam. DC. It is the best DC EMU movie that came out in the last two years,
0: yeah. and
1: I'm not even exaggerating. All right, number
0: two, man. What okay, number
1: two, it is David Sandberg's Shazam. Uh, this movie, it is, uh, ever since I first saw it, it has been on my Christmas rotation list, uh, getting to, you know, see the origin of Billy Batson, getting to see a lot of this family dynamic, which is <laughs> kind of a common theme of uh, a lot of these movies that I really like in this universe. Uh, the chemistry there, uh, Zachary Levi's performance as, uh, the character as well as Asher Angel. I thought this is the movie that they were on the same page, um seeing the action set pieces seeing the more coming of age story elements of this i thought worked really well where this movie kind of is eh, is in its villain with the uh, mark strong playing a uh, dr savannah he's kind of like a overly evil villain for evil's sake but where this movie ends up i had a great time with and, and it also has the biggest emotional gut
0: punch out of all of these movies true um yeah, it's has got everything it's got family it's got you know, good story about you know kid becoming a hero. Mm-hmm. It's got bullies beating the shit out of a crippled kid. <laughs> oh, he-
1: well, yeah, the biggest bitch of bullies in I've seen just going into that Stephen King level. It's like, uh, what kind of a bitch you gotta be to pick on the crippled kid?
0: Uh, hey man, equal rights, man. Equal rights. <laughs> Everybody can. Yeah, hands Even are e. L-
1: hands are e for everyone.
0: Hey, right, this is this is what y'all wanted, right? So, <laughs> there you go. Um. Uh, about the real guy in uh, Wonder Woman. Uh, The real guy went by himself to an enemy castle and he was outnumbered by and pounded on the gate, demanding surrender. Um, (laughs) You sure that wasn't, he didn't have that Ronald Reagan uh, level dementia there, you sure? (laughs) That's probably it. Um, Yeah. So, number two. Why is this number two for you? Uh,
1: This is number two because this is the first DCEU movie that I legitimately love. Because it's so much of you know, with a director like David Sandberg, he is a you know mostly a horror director, and this is the moment that this is the moment where it was him balancing that more lighthearted comic bookiness of of uh, you know what we want out of a character like Shazam, and also that outright horror, especially in the the scenes of the seven deadly sins just rampaging and murdering people.
0: Yeah, because this was done by David Sandberg, and David Sandberg, uh, there, yeah, so this was directed by him, mm-hmm. Um, and he's done things like uh, Annabelle Creation and Lights Out, two mm-hmm. horror movies. That did that. Yeah, two fantastic horror movies. Yeah. All right, your number one DCEU film, right. and what number,
1: is it? Number one was the redemption of one of my worst movies of this franchise, which was the worst one, and that is James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. It's like James Gunn; he does what he did so well with uh, with Guardians of the Galaxy, and really having this fundamental understanding of what this book is and what makes this uh, what makes these uh, characters so charming. With the Suicide Squad, it's like you don't get the A or B or C or even D listers; you get the Z list, and you get to have them in this like overwhelming odds in this uh, black ops uh, mission, and getting to see their character dynamics getting to see uh explore this kind of like found family uh great performances all around especially uh idris elba who plays a uh, sport in this uh daniela melchior who this was a star making performance for her uh john cena who who plays a peacemaker giving us a uh, foundation for one of my favorite shows of the last uh, couple years uh Giving us an actual sense of stakes with the Suicide Squad, which David Ayer failed so horribly at.
0: Mm, yeah, and he did the Suicide Squad because all these people gone uh, dead in <laughs> dead. the first five minutes. First five minutes there. Um, <laughs>
1: yeah, it, it felt like legitimately nobody was safe, which yeah. is the whole like idea of a Suicide Squad movie, and also giving some redemption to one of the more like just. Eh, characters of this universe with a uh, Rick flag, who's played by Joel Kinnaman. And when he dies in the movie, I felt legitimate heartbreak. Mm. It was like, yeah. you put the two of them together. It was like a uh, suicide squad, 2016, Rick flag. It was like, where was he on January 6th? <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, I, I love the I think suicide squad is definitely one of the few, not even good, but great movies of mm-hmm. the DCU um like I said, the bar ain't that high When you look at the rest of the competition they're like mm-hmm. making my list it was like yeah, it was like the uh, first yeah. three it was kind of like uh whatever, yeah like I
1: yeah like if i were to do like a tier list the only one that i would put in the s tier is the suicide squad mm. everything else mm. it's like the high bar is like uh a I'd probably put shazam in but everything else is like b to d
0: to f mm. so that was your list ranking the dceu man mm-hmm. Um, I already talked about a bunch of these movies already, so I won't go too long with it, but I'll pull up my list right here. we kind of somewhat similar. Mm. Um, I'm gonna see if you can going to have any surprises for you. You're uh, going to be surprised. So, I got the bottom. Mm. Suicide okay. Squad. So, I have that one. That's my very last one. Mm. The second to last one. Again, I was trying to see like maybe Aquaman 2, maybe mm-hmm. The Flash. I put Black Adam as the second to last one. Why did I put, well, why did I put Suicide Squad dead last? Let's start with that. I don't think this is <laughs> very much... Oh, you, want, you don't want no beef? <laughs> you don't want no beef? And that was the first time we've seen a live-action Joker since Heath Ledger. That was, like, eight years after, almost a decade after, about And
1: by the way. it is one of the most baffling performances I've seen in my entire life, because I'm just... I'm, I'm trying to put myself in the head of a studio executive. And, like... Seeing that performance, I'm like, Yo, can we just like, can we just like cancel this shit? <laughs> uh,
0: um, very little redeeming quality about this movie. Um, don't like the look of this movie. Um, I think it does introduce us to some you know good characters like Mar- like Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, Viola Davis is Amanda Waller. Um, I think those are good casting choices. Also, Jack Courtney is uh, mm-hmm. Captain Boomerang, I think was also a good choice, and he's better, than James Gunn. This was...
1: Yeah, it's like the one time that Jai Courtney could actually prove he can act was when you let
0: him speak with
1: his natural voice.
0: Yeah, um, I think that was good. This whole story about like them trying to fight the Enchantress, like that's what you call the Suicide Squad for? Yeah, it was...
1: it was too big scale for this team.
0: Yeah, um, also, this team assembled for the purpose of fighting Superman who the hell and this team could even stand a chance against <laughs> Superman? These are all just regular people with, like, equipment. Like, it's like,
1: most of them, their entire power is they have guns.
0: Yeah. Uh, don't know why that would be a thing. It's like, we're gonna try to assemble a team to stop Superman. He would wipe through this team in, like, a point of a second. Like, zero point. It'd, it'd be like
1: Homelander going after that mob of protesters.
0: Yeah, like, that That was dumb. Um, terrible dialogue here as well. Awful. Awful. Uh, David Ayer, I know he says, like, he wants to, you know, he's done now, but he originally said he wanted to do a Reese's. David Ayer cut of Mother- this. Motherfuck- Motherfucker, I've seen your other
1: movies. The bar was not, <laughs> it was like, you weren't going to go higher than this.
0: Yeah, like, bro, I don't think, you unless you just make a whole new movie, yeah, I don't think they're in-
1: Yeah, and it's more gracious, the man just has such a Cholo fetish that he turned the palest white dude in history of pale white dudes into a Cholo with the Joker.
0: Yeah. Which I was glad that didn't make an appearance in The Beekeeper. I don't think that was really... <laughs> Yeah. Um so that's uh, my my dead last one. Black Adam, second to last. Um mm-hmm. you take one of the most charismatic guys in Hollywood and you just make him a uh, kind of a stoic type figure with uh Black Adam here. Again, another kind of anti-hero type thing you try to do with Venom and Joke, even the Suicide Squad. I understand like but the problem with those movies like what they're doing like with Venom and then they're going to be doing um White Panther with Craven the Hunter and shit. <laughs> it's just like if these if you're turning these people into kind of hero is you know, hero-ish type people, then how are you gonna make it believable they're gonna fight the actual hero? Like how are you mm-hmm. gonna make it believable that this dude's gonna fight Spider-Man or Black Adam's gonna fight Shazam, who's his main, but then they try to make it like apparently the rock didn't like that. So he's like, No, I gotta be fighting the top dog, I gotta be fighting Superman. Um yeah, and then
1: him trying to like take over the DC universe and build it all around him.
0: Yeah, um, with Superman, this is the last appearance I think of Henry Cavill. Mm-hmm. Superman is in this. Yeah, finger. uh yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> it's like, uh...
1: yeah, this movie bombed critically and financially so hard, it actually made The Rock take a step back and you know what? I want to try being an actor again
0: because yeah, he's, he's doing the A-24. Mark.
1: Yeah, he's doing the A twenty four movie directed by Benny Safdie,
0: which I'm looking forward to. I'm, yeah. I'm hopeful Let's see what he does with that. Um, The JSA stuff, I agree with you. I like that. Uh, Maybe it's because I'm a DC fan, so I like Mm the JSA stuff. Uh, Aldous Hodge, I liked him as Hawkman. Um, I've liked him all the way back when he was on Leverage. I liked him. So Mm -hmm. Uh, here, I just don't think they do really good stuff with the JSA. They look cool, and there's some good moments. Mm -hmm. But like Pierce Brosnan is Dr. Fate. It's cool to see live-action Dr. Fate. I mean, he was on TV, like Smallville and things Mm -hmm. like that. But here's, like, big-screen Dr. Fate, and he looks cool. Um, you know, a lot of people comparing him to Doctor Strange, though. It's like, oh, is that the same that's, guy? That's fair. Which, you know, that's the thing. When you start to see a lot more of these, it's like Blue Beetle. Like when you see a certain, mm. to see a lot more of these like DC Marvel making superhero movies. It's like, you're going to see the overlap. You're going to mm. see a lot of these characters, like Catwoman, Black Cat. It's like, you're going to see the big overlap between these two companies. Even yeah, like in, in the
1: early days of the DC Universe, there was like a rumor that, uh, that Gareth Evans, who directed the raid, he was going to do a Deathstroke film starring uh, Joe Manganiello, who appears in Zach's in both versions of Justice League, and like I was co- excited for it because a it's a Gareth Evans action movie, but also I was kind of worried that so much of this is so much of the criticism is going to be that it looks so much like Deadpool.
0: Yeah, um, so that's that's kind of the thing there. Um, The Flash I have after this, this is my number fourteenth one, The Flash, um. This is this is kind of fourteen because there are some okay emotional moments here mm-hmm. with Ezra Miller with Barry Allen and the mom. Mm-hmm. I think it's okay. Yeah, um, but yeah, but
1: one percent of greatness doesn't make up for
0: ninety nine percent bullshit. Yeah, Ron Livingston, who they completely just forgot about Billy Crudup. They said fuck Billy Crudup. They uh, <laughs> got rid of him, as Barry. I, I think
1: I think he was busy shooting the morning show, which you know, good for him because he got an Emmy nom for it.
0: Yeah. Um you know, I like Ron Livingston, I guess, is the dad. He's okay. Michael Keaton returning. I'm not even, I wasn't even really that jazzed on it because his performance in it, because it's like, it's just, he's just doing, you know, quotes from Batman 89. You know, it's like <laughs> a lot of what it boils down to, and they waste Michael Keaton Batman when he should be Batman a Bruce Wayne again in a Batman Beyond movie, not wasting mm. fucking here in The Flash. Um, And I am still want my Batgirl movie. I still want Batgirl with him. In God the damn room. right I do. I, at least I still want that, and you, you, I forgot about Batgirl for this shit. hinging your hopes on this, uh, the flash. And it's just like, yeah, this failed. Yeah. It was like this I-
1: entire movie was banking on a, this, uh, on nostalgia for the 89 Batman, which yeah. <clears throat> why would you pick this over Batgirl, which has that built in connection has, you know, JK Simmons returning as a uh, Jim Gordon from the justice league movie, you, you know, let him actually be a character in this have, have, you know directed by uh you know two guys who made a very solid movie with a bad boys for life
0: yeah um so that's why this is 14 number 13th, uh 13 movie is i got aquaman 2 yeah um this is also another terrible movie that came out for dc last year um like i said i only really like the team up between patrick wilson and jason momoa their combo buddy cop kind of thing that's about it um I do like they spend most of the time in Atlantis, but a lot of that time mm-hmm. it feels like the Star Wars prequels where mm-hmm. it's like, you know, they go to like a casino place and they go to like a, you know, like a like 50s kind of bar, like how you had in the prequels where he goes like a fifties diner and shit. It's like, you start to think about it. It's like, why would they have a concept of <laughs> this in the future? And it's like, what, what's and, going, and, going on? Yeah, anyway? it's like,
1: you're at the bottom of the ocean. How would you have a concept of this?
0: You know? Like,
1: um, it's like, Orton doesn't even know what a cheeseburger is. It's like, how would you know like this ultra specific element of the human world
0: uh, so that was it, it's kind of it was kind of stupid but kind of fun if you could better break that down and like the like atlantis and everything um and then yeah Matrice, it had martin short as dexter jexter character yeah that him <laughs> and, the, and the voice there um yeah i mean i think that and then that was kind of somewhat interesting but they didn't really build upon that uh uh, it feels like they just dropped this movie on its head like they were mm-hmm. like even after a billion dollar success that was aquaman they just felt like let's not build upon that because we're going to scrap everything anyway we're going to just start over um so this didn't really have much of a chance here uh so that was kind of why it's my 13th movie and then it's above the flash and something like black adam cause, like the flash has that catastrophic ending that ending is terrible what they do with mm-hmm. that whole what they call it the what do you what was that the uh, uh sphere something um uh, uh, oh, the that, time sphere, uh, Chrono Bowl, and oh, the, chrono, the chrono Bowl, yeah, that was fucking stupid. Um, so yeah,
1: and and not just it was fucking stupid, it looked awful, yeah, it was it's some tough. of the worst CG I've seen in my entire life. And yeah, all this, like, Andy Musietti's like backtracking, it was like, you know, it, it's supposed to look like that. It was like, my cap senses are tingling,
0: <laughs> uh, so I, yeah, that's why it's kind of above a lot of these other ones, got a little. I didn't just dis- dislike it uh as much as these ones. 12 I got Batman v Superman mm-hmm. here. Um this is kind of far down. I like I said when you reviewed it. I like Ben Affleck as Batman, I like Jeremy Irons, I like the introduction of Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Um I just hate the fact that this is what the third movie mm-hmm. uh in the well no, the second movie uh yeah, this the D- the
1: second movie in the DC universe and you're already trying to establish Batman, you're trying to follow up Man of Steel, you're trying to introduce the Justice League which yeah. how they handle it is the like cringiest. It's like reminding me of Amazing Spider-Man 2. It's like how do they introduce the other members of the Justice League? YouTube.
0: Yeah, JPEG files. You know what I mean? <laughs> l- l- you know, clips on there on fucking the computer there. Um and like all the plot themes in here are stupid. And then I, I'll include also this with the Ultimate Edition 2 as well. Um <laughs> oh uh and for did you like uh lex luther most of the business with jolly ranchers that was kind of a highlight i don't know he <laughs> did he did give him the good jolly Rancher. he gave him the yeah, cherry uh, flavor.
1: it feels like jesse eisenberg didn't understand the type of character he was supposed to be playing because lex luther he's not this like like uh like adhd just rolling on adderall and cocaine little shithead he's like supposed to be the 4d chess master of this of this universe he's supposed to be this universe's answer to the kingpin yeah. which i kind of with jesse iceberg i understand this like, when i maybe he... when i when i heard it especially off of the social network it was like oh this is actually like legitimately great casting
0: and then i saw the movie <laughs> um and we just said i understand we was kind of going for again playing mark zuckerberg again another like no, modern no, he's, day he's not
1: he's not even playing mark zuckerberg in this he's playing like this like tr- little trust fund shithead high on adderall and cocaine
0: uh i thought he would have been a good real a lot of people thought that too afterwards yeah. that he was buying he, a bit of this. yeah
1: and the big thing he's not playing it as lex Luthor he's playing it as the
0: joker uh, um like I said, trying to bring all these characters together in your second movie is a mess, trying to build up all these elements. Um, then doing, you know, the death of Superman here in this one, he gets killed by Doomsday. Yeah, and... Uh, second...
1: Yeah, hey, man, would that happen? Feel anything?
0: No, not really. I thought that <laughs> was kind of terrible, and then Doomsday looked like a fucking Lord of the Rings troll. Um, yeah, I, I, thought, I thought this was, yeah. Uh, that's why it's kind of 12 here. Um, above Aquaman, because, like I said, Ben Affleck is a good Batman. Yoko is pretty alright. It's Wonder Woman. It's got kind of that going for it a little bit. And the Ultimate Edition, it expands some themes and fleshes out a little bit more, but it still doesn't make sense. It (laughs) it doesn't. um, There, Um, Justice League, number 11. So this is Joss Whedon Justice League. Um, It's kind of filled with a lot of crappy, hammy jokes uh, that Mm -hmm. don't land, that don't work at all. Them trying to punch it up, trying to make it like Avengers 2.0 that this doesn't fit at all. Uh, you know, you do bring back, like I said, Ben Affleck's Batman, Gal Gadot. This time you add Aquaman, you add Jason Momoa, you add Cyborg, The Flash here, um, and all these people. Like again, Bismar was fine as Aquaman, mm-hmm. Ray Fisher Cyborg. You, which you see what happened. Like you can see why he was so upset because when you see what next time is Justice League, he was the heart yeah, of that af- movie.
1: Yeah. Af- after seeing Zack Snyder's Justice League, I completely apologize for all the shit I talked about Ray Fisher leading up to that movie.
0: Yeah and i you know, say
1: fuck you after seeing rebel moon but
0: you know the the treatment that he got on set i mean he was right and nobody really mm-hmm. not a lot of people backed him up on it and that was kind of a shame there but yeah this just feels like you're just trying to do avengers you're trying so mm-hmm. hard to crib the marvel style and it fails spectacularly there uh with that and it's another movie where it feels so jam-packed because you're trying to include all these new characters that you haven't even mm-hmm. established yet and you're not and, doing tr-
1: and trying to do it in a studio mandate under two hours
0: yeah um so that's why it's just this movie's all cup, all a mess. Better than batman Movie Superman because shorter, I think it's somewhat shorter, and then it it's a it's little bit shorter.
1: Lo- it's shorter, Superman actually feels like Superman.
0: Yeah, and it flows a little bit as far as like the plot. It's like you understand the goals of the plot mm-hmm. more of like what people are trying. Instead of this bad movie, so I was like, I don't know. Like this none of the shit that people are doing makes sense in this. Um, number 10, uh Wonder Woman 84. Uh, contradict stuff that was previously told to you in the other DCEU movies with Wonder Woman that she wasn't active at all after the first Wonder Woman. Um, cool trailer, though. I like the trailer, the yeah. old 80s theme kind of trailer. Hey,
1: that that uh, epic
0: version of Blue Monday is awesome. You know, but yeah, Blue Monday, yeah. Cool trailer. I like that. Like the 80s kind of theme. When you actually get to the movie, fucking mess. Another thing where it's like the wishes, wishes is such a basic it doesn't, kind of concept. It
1: doesn't make sense. And I get what they were going for. This is trying to, you know, be kind of like in a look at that kind of attitude of the 80s of like ridiculous excesses, like, hey, greed is good. Uh, Refanging Maxwell Lord as kind of like this Gordon Gecko type.
0: Yeah. Ready for say, said, how did they miss it being about the Cold War? Yeah. 80s <laughs> brought in another war aspect there of like Cold War. Could have maybe done, but maybe you just didn't gonna go like, well, we're doing the exact same thing. Maybe as Wonder have it be more
1: of an espionage thriller because, let's be honest, that's how the Cold War was thought.
0: Um, And like you know, Patty Jenkins with this, I think wanted to do. You see the style of this movie. Mm -hmm. I think when we reviewed, I said trying to be more like Sam Raimi Spider Man or Christopher Mm -hmm. Reeve's Superman. That's what Patty Jenkins I think wanted to do with this, like making Mm -hmm. Wonder Woman more of that type of figure. Which in the opening, I think kind of works. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I I think that kind of works. But the the message of this movie doesn't really—it's not very strong. Yeah, it's like, like, hey,
1: don't aspire to be anything better than what you are. You know, don't. Oh, you oh you want to you know you want to you know lose weight, better your life, get a little
0: healthier. Fuck you. Um, you know the whole concept of like uh you know like wishing and wishing is like you know don't wish for something, And (laughs) and like you see the montage of that of like her giving this speech is like. You know some people don't all wish for vain things. Like some people wouldn't mm-hmm. just wish to be famous. Like there was a scene where a kid is his mom is getting beat up. And then it's, I guess, the kid fucked that kid whose mom is getting beat up because he's wishing for <laughs> that. Like that doesn't even make any like what? Like, what are we talking about here? Um, yeah, uh Patrick still Pascal's good as the villain, Maxwell mm-hmm. Lord. Um, he's fine. There. He's the
1: he's the one person that I feel like knows what
0: he is in. Um Kristen uh Kristen Wiig is cheated. Could have worked if you mm-hmm. knew how to really do it well and work that out.
1: Yeah, it's like if if her and Gal had more uh more screen time together, more chemistry before all this stuff with the wishing stone
0: happens, then it could have worked. Um, and like Raven Maturity said, they made her a rapist. I don't know <laughs> why they did that. Like, I don't know why you just didn't have it where they just brought him back to life. Why did he have to know do dude's or body? have
1: or have like the emotional conflict with her, like because it's like it's like her like monkey's paw is that she gets her boyfriend back but she's losing her powers instead of the more interesting one of you know she gets her boyfriend back but you know it's robbing this poor schmuck of his life and his independence
0: yeah and having
1: that, that be like the moral uh the moral conflict of the movie
0: yeah and i was so disappointed cuz i love the first wonder woman mm-hmm. um so i was looking forward to the sequel and, yeah, this was really, really disappointing here. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, and Emperor Maturi, her turns toward villainy starts with her nearly being sexually assaulted. So why does the hero in the same story also assault somebody? Yeah. And, you know, Cheetah's, like, villain turn is her getting payback on her would-be assaulter, and that's treated as a villain turn. Uh,
0: number nine, Shazam. Uh, Fury of the Gods uh, much like with Wonder Woman um, really loved the first Shazam movie mm-hmm. a lot I liked it a lot I thought it was a good surprise um, in the DCU amongst all the kind of the bad movies so again I was kind of I was like looking forward to the sequel of this see what they do upon and how they build upon things still like the family element I like that stuff like how it's like a team they're like more of a team of heroes now mm-hmm. I like that um, that was kind of the only interesting aspect of the movie. The other kind of Greek mythology stuff with the villains, uh, Helen Mir and Mirror, Lucy Liu, eh, not that so interesting there. Um, the magical kind of stuff, there, eh, it's not as good. Uh, yeah, the, com-
1: but- the complete retconning of uh, and Hounsou from the first movie, I was like,
0: yeah. Uh, what do you mean? How do they retcon him? Oh, cause like, he,
1: he dies at the, after he gives Billy his oh. powers in the first movie.
0: Oh, Okay. Uh, well, I was glad he was back. I liked him <laughs> being back there. Um, yeah, I liked all of his scenes with Jack Dylan Grazer. Uh, who that's basically his movie. I mean, mm-hmm. this is basically Jack Dylan Grazer's movie. Not to say he wasn't bad. I actually liked him quite a bit there. I thought he was good. Um, and like you said, Zachary Levi and uh Aster Angel are on two different pages of playing Shazam. And it's like they they just <laughs> they needed to get on the <laughs> same page of how they were playing the character um there because that just it didn't line up there. Um, but uh yeah that was kind of basically it's it just kind of a nothing of a movie it's kind of like, eh, mm-hmm. it, it just didn't uh, offend me as much as like 84 Wonder Woman mm-hmm. or a mess like Justice League there um speaking of Justice League so number 8 is Zack Snyder's Justice League um so I finally saw this very recently um and then when I heard the word about it like hey man this is much better than Joss Whedon's Justice League mm-hmm. and Zack Snyder's finally you know he's just
1: mean, I mean all of that is technically correct
0: um, and yes, I do agree. It is better than Justice League. It's not jam-packed with shitty jokes and uh humor that they try to force in here. Um, four-hour-long movie. Um, and they do flesh out a lot more stuff, especially like Cyborg mm-hmm. and Flash. Um, with Cyborg, he's the heart of this movie. Uh, he really is kind of the heart of this movie mm-hmm. and what they do with them here. Um, yeah, it,
1: it's the one time you see a hero actually committing a genuine act of altruism.
0: Yeah. Um so i i yeah i I did kind of kind of like those elements and then it it feels better paced out than the justice mm-hmm. league just mean justice league it's fun yeah. to breathe yeah and for a four hour movie i felt like the pacing was actually pretty solid yeah um so seeing them all kind of interact get together that was better i think here than it was in justice league, justice mm-hmm. league again yeah, bat batman doesn't feel as superfluous as he does in the Zack snyder justice league um and this, I still do think. I mean, Batman still in this feels like he just got an A because he was a part <laughs> of the project. I mean, it just seemed like everybody else was really
1: <laughs> I, doing. I mean, it. I mean, there are scenes where he is also, you know, given he's throwing hands with parademons more than he was in the in the in the theatrical
0: cut. You know, I I, I still kind of feel that way. And then also, I just making everybody kind of like I just don't really like Zack Snyder's view of heroes, really. And mm-hmm. that because I mean, he treats everyone so weak. I mean, compared to Superman, I get Superman is the guy, but. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is so weak and command, like they can't even really barely even fight a lot of the pair well, of humans. Well, that's um,
1: also like a thing in DC comics where Superman is just on this like a whole like multiple tiers above most of the heroes. It is a goddamn miracle that he was raised right by by Ma and Pa Kent.
0: Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I think that's kind of there of like treating these heroes more as like not very relatable, really, as much. It's like very much idols there. I think like mm-hmm. Superman and some of these characters. Cyborg, I think he makes him feel human mm-hmm. and, and relatable there, but I think yeah. And
1: whereas in the in the theatrical cut, it was like the first time Superman felt like Superman. He's a straight up psychopath in this movie. It's like how he lays into Steppenwolf at the very end. Yeah, he, he does it with glee. <laughs>
0: Randomtrix uh, said, uh, "Cuts snuck, sucked the life out of me with uh, uh out of me with Garth and uh, Wayne's World, uh, like Garth and Wayne's World there, um, and then he also said, uh, in the Silver Age comics, you make it physically push six planets at the same time, yeah. So, but I, yeah, it is better than next, Joss Weens stuff. Uh, Justice League definitely mm-hmm. uh, does have that there, uh, and it, it like I said the pacing, but the epilogue is trash. I don't really like the epilogue. It's, it's awful." Uh, I think that that's kind of pointless uh there, but um yeah, it's just I think it's solid. I think it's okay. Uh seven Aquaman, the very first one, uh 2018. Yeah, this was the first uh and only uh billion dollar movie, I think, for the DCU. Yeah. Aquaman. It was the biggest
1: uh the biggest financial success.
0: Um, who would have thought? Um, you know, Aquaman out of all the stuff, who would have thought? Um Aquabro Bro, Jason Momoa. I mean, he sells things Woo! <laughs> Man, uh, when you see Jason Momoa in Dune, he's Jason Momoa. When you see Jason his Momoa. Was, and
1: hey, he—he he, this man just wants to ride his motorcycle, drink Guinness, and fuck bitches.
0: Yeah, um, and you see that uh here in some Aquaman, um, and all that, and yeah, I mean, I think some of the stuff is kind of fun with him being Aquaman, and he's an interesting choice for Arthur Curry. I think it kind of works out based on that. Um, I hate the ending of this. It has that uh, <laughs> awful CGI ending. I just.
1: it had it it gets into that awful cgi but the final fight between between orm and aquaman i thought that worked really well
0: that was solid um Pasha wilson is a good villain Yaga to mateen is a good villain as well in this black manta like i said they're not really scared of the comic stuff like comic accurate costumes Mm -hmm. everything like that i think it's pretty cool yeah this
1: this is yeah, with the DC universe, this was the first movie that felt like it was embracing the inherent silliness of comic books.
0: Yeah. Uh number six, Man of Steel. This was the very first DC movie, as we mentioned, all the way back in 2013. So with this one, um, I kind of like the element of kind of doing more of the alien side of Superman, like how the movie opens up a Krypton there and then him being sent down. Um, I think you got good casting choices for Pod and mm-hmm. Ma Kent. I think Diane, uh, uh, Diane Lane, and then um, uh, Kevin Costner make a good mom podcast. I just mm-hmm. don't like the shit that they say is mom podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, but- it's like
1: everything about this movie. It is on paper. It is awesome. You know, you know, like down to the casting, down to you know, you're bringing back David S. Goyer who wrote the Dark Knight trilogy. You have Christopher Nolan as a producer on this. It, it should work. And
0: yeah. Um, So I did like some of that. I think the first half of this movie is really good, and then when it gets into the third act, like you said, Dragon Ball Z shit, where they're hmm. punching each other. Yeah, dra- dra-
1: Dragon Ball Z with zero regard for civilian casualties, unlike Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> yeah,
0: at least in Dragon Ball Z, they had the decency to go to, like, a desert. You know, it's like, okay, let's go <laughs> all the way over to this desert so nobody's around, but here they punching people, buildings are coming down, everything is just like, holy oh, crap. Um, And again, you know, I I, I thought that was there, but him discovering his abilities and his powers I think is kind of cool there. Uh, again, touching more into the alien side. Um, and I was like, you know, even I wasn't in love with it. I was just thought it was decent. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, this is a pretty, maybe a solid start to this mm-hmm. universe here. Um, there, uh, reading from Maturity said, uh, if it makes you feel any better about Ma, it, it might have been Martian Manhunter the entire time. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, which I mean, yeah, that yeah, that, that-,
1: that was a scene that it was like, okay, this is a very solid emotional scene between uh, between Ma Kent and uh and Lois Lane, Lane who, yeah, look, this entire universe just reduces Lois Lane into, I'm sad I can't fuck Henry Cavill anymore.
0: Uh, That was the thing about the epilogue there of like Martian Manhunter shows up and then he says like, well, I'm here if you need me. I was like, well, where the fuck were you and they were fighting (laughs) and the the world was happening? And
1: Uh, this entire emotional conversation between uh, Martha Kent and uh, and Lois Lane, it's undercut with the reveal that it was
0: Martian Manhunter. Yeah, that was uh, ridiculous. Um, Number five. So this is basically where we're kind of very Hmm. similar. I think the top five here. Birds of Prey, um, and the Emancipation and the Proclamation of the Constitution mm-hmm. of Henry Ford of the assassination, <laughs> um, there, the, assass- the assassination of Black Mass by the coward Robert Ford. Yeah, um, Birds of Prey, um, I thought this was decent uh, mm-hmm. movie. There, I think I, I enjoyed Margot Robbie coming back with Harley Quinn. I think that she kind of, I think she said she kind of wants to take a break now from acting mm-hmm. and kind of focus more on producing. Um, I think they kind of did waste her, you know, being in Suicide Squad, being in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, um, it was like Suicide Squad,
1: her entire like portrayal of Harley Quinn and how David Ayer directs her is she is a just just sex just sex symbol. Just less hmm. shooting her like he's trying to give her a colonoscopy. Yeah.
0: Um but I, I thought it was a good casting though. Margaret Robbie mm-hmm. is, is is uh the character Harley yeah, Quinn. Yeah, she's an actress that I feel like we kind of all
1: just O- underrate her level of talent because she is also one of the most beautiful women on earth.
0: Yeah, um, and also I do like uh, the rest of the cast here. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who's hard to miss when Mary Elizabeth Winstead is mm-hmm. uh, the huntress. I thought she was good. I liked uh, Journey Smolan's Black Canary there, um, and I do like Rosie Perez. It's been a minute since I've seen Rosie Perez. When mm-hmm. I saw, it, I was like, "Oh yeah, Rosie Perez." I've been a minute since I've seen Rosie Perez. I know some people will say what they did with Cassandra Cain mm-hmm. uh, here is yeah, very. Matt- different.
1: Yeah, that's the one flaw with this movie because uh, canonically Cassandra Kane is this kind of like mute child that was raised to be an assassin, and canonically is one of the few people that can take Batman on hand to hand.
0: Yeah, um, so I know some people kind of say what they, they did uh, kind mm. of change there. The
1: problem that if you just name this character anything else, I don't have this issue.
0: Yeah. Um, I did like Hugh McGregor as the villain, Black Mass. Very different interpretation of Black Mass than what we've seen before. who's mostly just your stereotypical kind of thug villain character. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did like kind of his spin on it. I thought that was really good. How flamboyant he was. Uh, that was pretty good. So yeah, I mean, I think it's one of the better ones of this kind of this universe. Not totally great, but mm-hmm. I think good enough there to be kind of number five. Number four, Blue Beetle. Uh, Blue Beetle is another one here um i think that was also in your list uh Mm. you had it up a number two or yeah i had
1: it number three on my list
0: number three so it's number four here for me blue beetle i like the family aspect much like shazam i think um you know him coming in from cobra kai i think this was a perfect choice to be jaime reyes Mm -hmm. um i think he did a wonderful job here uh george lopez steals the show here i think a lot of Mm -hmm. scenes when he's in it he's really fantastic
1: and not just being that kind of like overtly uh just comedian let's laugh at everything even when he has is called on to deliver more emotional dialogue he nails it
0: yeah um it does feel like someone was very spy kiddish and i mean that kind mm-hmm. of in a good way i don't mean that in a negative way when they jump in the beetle and they do the shit there it's like okay that, that's kind of goofy but kind of fun <laughs> at the same time i thought um yeah i think also with this movie with sufferers it suffers is just like it's kind of derivative of all the other superior movies uh, lame villain Susan Saranda who feels mm-hmm. like she's just sleepwalking. She she through. is just she is just a Karen. Yeah, uh who's just totally sleepwalking through this. Um, they do have a stinger, maybe possibly. I think James Gunn did say he wanted to continue with Blue Beetle mm-hmm. and then in, in his own universe. So I would like to see that. Yeah, he
1: he kind of like in that whole press release announcing the the slate of DC Universe projects, he like was like, Okay, Blue Beetle kind of stands on its own, so maybe he comes back.
0: Uh, it was funny. Raymond Truitt said Goku takes the fight somewhere unoccupied, like theaters where the Flash was playing. <laughs> um, he also says, "I thought the Scarab uh, could have had a more interesting voice." Yeah,
1: and, and that was my thing because it was like a whole thing in the news is like you have you got a uh, uh, Latina pop star Becky G to do the voice for for
0: the Scarab Kaji,
1: and it yeah. just kind of sounds like a generic robot voice.
0: Yeah, I couldn't even tell that was her voice. Mm. Like, he put so much it's kind of it's like when celebrities voice the Alvin and the Chipmunks. It's like, why didn't <laughs> even have fucking uh, Justin Timberlake as one of the Alvin and Chipmunks? Like, he put one of his reverb on there. But uh, yeah, I was kind of there. Uh, Shazam is number three. Really enjoyed Sh- Shazam a lot when I mm-hmm. saw it. Really liked it. Um, loved the family aspect. Loved the kind of uh, child to hero aspect there. Uh, I thought that really worked a lot. The villain is lame in here, Mark mm-hmm. Strong. Um, but I still think every other element—the writing of it is very strong, the direction of it is very strong, uh, the, the humorous moments—how it's also kind of somewhat of a satire of superhero movies that they do—they kind of play on that a little bit with this. I thought was really good. Um, so yeah, I thought this was really, really a strong outing for DCU, and a, I think a really good movie—one of the few mm-hmm. really good movies that the DCU has. Um, yeah, uh, The Suicide Squad. James Gunn. This is number two. Great. Uh, really great. Uh, Loved uh, kind of what he uh, did to build upon Suicide Squad there. It there yeah,
1: was pretty terrible. Yeah, just, just the pure virtue of you made me give a shit about characters like Ratcatcher 2 and Polka Dot Man.
0: Yeah. Um, And the cast was really amazing here. Getting all these kind of Z-list, D-list you know, F-list, you know what I mean? As uh, Characters here, you yeah, bring le- Letting
1: them be as sil- look and uh, act as silly as a comic book character should, and still let, have you take them seriously in world.
0: Yeah, Love their chemistry all together in this movie. Um, that was really, I mean, James Gunn knows how to do a team, and knows how to really do losers, and make losers hmm. lovable. He did that with the Guardians, and he brought that here. This is one of the cases instead of like with Joss Whedon, he couldn't do that for the Justice League, but James <laughs> Gunn was able to do that when he entered uh, the DC with this with the Suicide Squad. Uh, Number one, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman is amazing. I think Wonder Woman is really great. Uh, Gal Gadot, I know people talk about her acting ability. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think she's a good actress,
1: but... Yeah, the best acting performance she has ever given, and
0: I think she will ever give, was in the first Wonder Woman. uh, Was in this movie, yeah. Um, I I thought this movie was great. I mean, fish out of water type element, I think that worked her strengths there. It's like Keanu Reeves when he was in the Matrix. It's like I think the mm-hmm. you know the amazement of the world kind of worked out there for him. He didn't have to do too much. So I think that was good. The chemistry between her and Chris Pine was really great. Um, I liked what they did with a lot of the Amazons and the, showing the uh, their mascara. I thought that was really good. Um, it was funny that they tried to have all the other Amazons match the accent of Gail Godot. <laughs> uh, you know, it lit for some kind of weird stuff there, but I thought that was really good, really well done. Uh, this suffers. What has, I think, what a lot of these superhero movies in general just suffer from, not even DCU movies, but just like the terrible third act of like we got to have it when people punch each other and fight, and then the whole stuff with Ares I thought was terrible. That kind of drags this movie down. I mean, it,
1: was, it was a cool concept, and I liked uh, David Thulis as the character, but it felt completely undercut
0: the message of the movie. Yeah. Um. So that that just was kind of they had that in it, but it was also Wonder Woman it has one of I think also one of the best scenes in any superhero movie, like maybe top five, top ten. Mm. The no man's land scene is amazing. I think that's really mm. really well done and really yeah, great. and
1: yeah, and as much as I was like kind of hating on that uh, initial f- Wonder Woman theme when I first heard it in Batman v Superman, when it finally drops in this movie, that shit fucking hits.
0: Mm. Yeah. Also, you did have the Wonder Woman theme that. <laughs> <laughs> you know i mean it's rare superheroes like nowadays superheroes they don't really have themes anymore like you recognize like oh that's you know like back in the day like superman christopher reeves like that was his theme you know like oh this superman's coming or batman's yeah, uh, coming Bat-
1: yeah batman 89 uh the avengers they have their theme yeah uh i think to an extent uh uh Chikino's the batman has
0: his theme you know black panther he's got his kind of theme when you you know when he's coming you know, but Wonder Woman, she's got hers. You know, when you should, when Wonder Woman shows up, it's like, you know, it's her. Like, you know, but sometimes they use that terrible, like she was in Shazam too, and that comes, yeah. in like, oh shit, <laughs> I just scared the shit out of me. That was like, almost like a jump scare. <laughs> um, Freaking uh, The Flash, it was like, oh, you're in this. Yeah, it's just like, ugh, this is terrible. But, and also, they, I mean, they do overuse that last of a truth a lot. They overuse <laughs> that for comedy bits. That was in The Flash. That was in uh, uh, Justice League, Joss Justice League. Mm-hmm. They do that whole where she can yeah, be the Lasso Truth, and yeah,
1: the thing was, I thought it was funny in Justice League and The Flash. It was just like, okay, this is a joke that is going on way too long.
0: Yeah, it's like the last. It's like, okay, man, it's yeah, it's it's not being funny the first time. It's like, <laughs> you know, and they do it here in the, but this was the first time they did it was in this movie. Um, but yeah, yeah I, and, I,
1: and also. You know, initially when they use it, it is for care for comedy, but it's also used sincerely when when Trevor when Steve Trevor is like, okay, I am going with you to the front, and he just wraps it around himself.
0: We are probably gonna die. Yeah. Uh, Raymond says, small nitpick with Wonder Woman, but I thought killing off all the Greek gods in an opening narration was a bad choice.
1: I wholeheartedly agree because a a cool thing, especially I feel like Wonder Woman kind of got a little bit of renaissance in the comics with the new 52 is like the Greek gods exist in the DC universe and seeing how they play out and uh, how they react to the events of the universe. I thought that's a cool element that if explored, right, could be somewhat, somewhat interesting. And I feel like uh, they're doing a show in guns, DC universe, uh, paradise Lost, which is exploring Themyscira. So potentially road.
0: Yeah. So that was our ranking of the DCEU uh may peace be upon james gunn's new dc universe there good luck uh, good luck
1: i'll see what you do man i mean, uh, the writer's room he has so far i feel like is very solid the one like red flag is they have uh andy Bosietti announced as directing brave in the bold which oh ooh. i thought he got
0: kicked off that i thought they get kicked nope off. he's still attached as far as oh. i know oh okay oh ooh. um yeah